0: Welcome back to a Night Shift Football Podcast, Red Edition. It's all happening this week. A huge win in Sydney. The Reds went over for a home game in Sydney. Hiroshi Ibasuki is back. If he wasn't back the last few weeks, he's well and truly back now with a hat trick away. We're going to talk about that. Um, Cooper's here. Tommy's here. We're going to go through it all. Cooper is back from visiting Sydney for Unite Round. He's sick as a dog, but he's, he's kind enough to jump on board and record a pod with us tonight again. I love the commitment from him. Um, you've been to about eight Adelaide United games in a row now, Cooper, in various states around the country. Um, how was your night round overall? What, how do how do you feel about the concept having visited?
1: Yeah, um, look, I really enjoyed myself from a probably from a perspective that I'm one of those sick individuals that likes giving up every weekend of their life to watch A League football. Love that, um, and you are was sick. Good six games of A-League football right in front of me. So I think to a point I went over there knowing that I was going to enjoy the weekend regardless of, of what was put on. Um, And we got some really good games, thankfully, some really good football played, lots of goals. Um, I think someone had said there was like a 4.3 goals per game average over the weekend, which made for entertaining stuff. Um, From an event point of view, I think they get a leave pass from a – from the point of view that it wasn't the grand final, I think there is like a one-year leave pass that people are just going to turn around at the end of the day and just go, and go well, it was better than the alternative. Um, yeah. But now, obviously, last year... Sorry, next year is the last year of the contract with uh, Destination New South Wales. So the last year officially booked in to be unite round. And, and they really need... If there's going to be something they do, they really need to... Make an event out of this because you know we were promised originally fan zones at all three locations, and then yep. the email that came through to ticket holders during the week was about a fan zone just at Allianz Stadium on the Saturday, and then the fan zone was one tent where you could get one of those signs that you hold up and shake that say "goal" yep. on them, and another yeah. tent where they make noise, and another tent where, thankfully, not where if you juggled uh, <laughs> for thirty seconds, they would give you a soccer ball that looked like a Big Mac. Uh, They're obviously McDonald's being right. an agent partner supplied, but that was it. That was literally it. Um, Nothing else. We Did you not that... win one? I didn't bother, uh, but we noticed that... You, you could have won one. Oh, for sure. At, at ComBank on the Friday, it was very much like I just went to a nothing version of a Western Sydney home game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because there was less people there than there usually would be because obviously <laughs> members weren't allowed into the stadium. It was had to buy an extra ticket. Well, they're um, still allowed
0: in. They're just going to buy
1: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They've just got to pay $45 again <laughs> yeah. Paid Have for they, yeah, they for their membership. They
2: banned all the West Sydney fans again. No. That's
1: it. Nah, nah. The RBB were awesome. It was From that end, from that perspective, I sat directly above them. It provided a great atmosphere. Um, the entire Western side of Combank Stadium, I don't know if it usually is, but was media and corporate only. And was genuinely empty, like not a soul outside in the open air. Um, And then the east and the far end were were sporadic. But like I said, I don't think it was as big of a crowd as what they've been averaging for their regular home games. And then outside of that, no fan zone experience, no Unite, no shitty $30 t-shirts to waste my money on that said... Unite round and had a list of all the fixtures or, or every team's logo or or just any of those things that make it that separate it from a regular A-League fixture. I think
0: like in that sense, you're know, you talking before about them maybe getting a pass on it because it, at least it's not the grand final idea. I tend to lean a bit the other way where like we remember we saw the Melbourne fans with that banner saying the line had kind of already been crossed. I I just I don't hate I, I quite like the concept. I like the idea. I think it should have just been put away for a year. Until you can do it properly. Um, it seems it at the moment, it's like it's it's been an afterthought that's come on the back of backflipping on the grand final decision after pressure. And so they've backflipped on that and they've decided, oh, we need to do something for New South Wales. So they they throw together a unite round and it looks it's careless. I saw lots of photos, of people putting up from the weekends outside stadiums, where it was like you may not even be able to tell there's even a game on. You know, it was that dismal. Um, I can't imagine the crowd was particularly great for Western United and Macarthur. Um, you know, if a, if a game what, is on is but it, no one's it, there to clash. see it, does it exist? It's like, like <laughs> has the, it even the, happened. The tree falling in the forest—does anyone hear it? If there's no one there, like, um, but was yeah, there I even I just, a Davila masterclass? Either? It feels it feels very afterthought, and it's a shame because there was. Uh, we'll talk a bit about football, like the actual game, soon, but the. The football was really good over the weekend, and it's it there's something there to make it work. We've seen it work in the NRL and we've seen it work in the AFL. I loved the one in Adelaide. It was great fun, Mm. a great buzz around the place. I'm sure there is in Brisbane for the rugby. I know a few people that head over to that every year now. Um so it's there, but we just that there's a few things they could do to get right. What about what do you think about like fixturing and things? Because we had a bit of a chat on Sunday about the games. There were two two A-League men's games, and they put them both on at the same time at different stadiums at, what was it, 7.15 here. So a 7.45 mm. kickoff in Sydney on a Sunday night on for a Sunday. Wellington v. Perth and Brisbane v. Newcastle. Like, yeah, um, they're not doing themselves after- any favours It's, it's after. That.
2: They're saying afterthought, aren't you, right there. After
0: uh, I just,
1: just not enough. They haven't processed this thoroughly enough in their head in a sense that they've gone that, Melbourne City and Western Sydney Wanderers was a marquee fixture. And Adelaide United and Sydney FC was a marquee fixture for this round. Yeah. So they've mm-hmm. gone Friday, Saturday night, let's build around that. Uh the early game on the Friday, in my opinion, it has to go completely. It needs to be played on a Thursday night, or you just play the one opening fixture on a Friday and you fit three into the Saturday, which is more That's,
0: than doable. I think all yeah, Saturdays is or good you can turn there. another double header in on Sunday, like you
1: know. Yeah, um I just but MacArthur and Western United being two teams with the smallest supporter bases in the league as it stands already at what was quarter past five, I believe, local time. Uh, No one's leaving work early or taking a day of annual leave to make sure that they can get to the ground to watch nah. MacArthur and Western United. No one, no one follows these teams strongly <laughs> enough to go, hold on. I need to, I need to make sure I'm there from a MacArthur perspective, but yep. from a Western United perspective, I need to travel and get there. They did have mm. a little, I don't want to say traveling contingent. Cause I don't know if they did, but props to them if they, if they did, but 10 to 12, Western United kits in the corner, and um, actually noticed a bunch of them had champions and the year they won it in gold on the back of the shirt, and I felt a little bit ill looking at them because it made me remember that Western United are actually (laughs) Um,
2: there were more victory fans at home for the last Adelaide United game than there were Western United fans at this game.
1: Yeah, and then the Sunday from a fixturing perspective, what they've done here is there was a doubleheader women and men at Allianz and a doubleheader women and men at Combank. And the way they've done it is they've tried to play people's hand in a sense of, all right, you've gone to two men's doubleheaders now. That's what we're assuming 75% yeah. of people have done. Now you mm-hmm. must go and watch a women's game. But probably two or 300 at Combank for the women's game grew to probably... Eight hundred to a thousand for the for the men's distance derby, so still a good good chunk. Maybe seventy five percent of that crowd rocked up towards the end or after the women's game. But also one thing from an Adelaide perspective that. uh, Antonis, Chris, and I that were over in Sydney discussed is is don't force my hand in or try and force my hand in going to a women's fixture when you put us, loyal A-League fans that travelled interstate for this event to support what the APL is doing and to support Adelaide United in a scenario where it was physically impossible to watch both the Adelaide United women and the Adelaide United men. If you're not yeah. going to let me watch my own club's women, then don't try and force me to watch in other clubs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what. going back to the afterthought thing. It's just really hastily done that. Uh, the fixturing would just need some work if you're going to do it. Um, how, how would you do it? I, I think I've got a good idea. Would you do F3 derby? Do, so, say triple header on the Saturday. I don't think you doing F3 derbies.
2: Yeah. You know, okay, because that was a no, lot of time No, because they, they draw crowds
0: they, already. Sam's
1: spot on. I think the discussion Antonis, Chris and I had on the, on the way home, sitting in the airport today, was that perhaps one draw card fixture that's crowd has dropped somewhat in the last few years and one that we we discussed and it's dropped about five between five to ten thousand on average attendance each year is a big blue is maybe that you play a big blue on a saturday night of this weekend but every other fixture is just generic League. given fixture. it's already in the, sydney anyway the yeah. one marquee draw card fixture that victory supporters travel for regardless and then try and get people attending the rest of the weekend but it's but it's how do you make this weekend like a full-on weekend hell you've got a million people that came over a million whatever the people that came over they're all staying 90% of them staying around Darling Harbour because or, mm-hmm. or central station because it's, the, it's holiday the, spot. The, the holiday spot within the CBD can you put a boat cruise on a lunch with four A league le- legends on a stage telling a story while everyone eats, eats yes. lunch can there be a lunch yeah. at a stadium can there be something happening out the front when i get there events. The the Places yeah. to spend money you you get people there that's your destination, New South Wales part. You make tickets more accessible when the first year that the AFL had gather round, obviously last year, members got entry to every game of the weekend, which was nine games, nine men's games, not six for $45, a nine game pass and AFL because they realized that you get people in the stadiums and then you profit in other ways. So as long as you can get the people there, what other services or things or what can we provide in a fan zone that we can make money off that people are also going to enjoy. So people are there, win for us, win for them.
2: Yeah. yeah. The thing is they had the perfect setup given that Australia kicked off the Asian Cup campaign and there was such a great like way that you could structure it so that you actually had a full day because I, I think you should just focus on, if you're going to do it one time and it's really short notice, focus on one day make it so attractive that people want to go for the Saturday and then maybe they'll add on the Friday and maybe they'll stay or they'll probably stay for the Sunday. And so if you can do that, they had the perfect opportunity on Saturday and they completely ruined it. I think discounts yep. is probably the big one. It's one or the other fixturing or
0: discounts. Yep, definitely. Um, let's move it on. Let's talk about football because Adelaide had a massive win, um, a four, three win against a Sydney side who wiped the floor with us last time. Uh Hiroshi Ibasuki popping up with a hat-trick. Uh, we went into this game with pretty well, what, a, a, a similar lineup to what we've been doing, although uh, problems at the back with our defense. So Isaias has dropped in into the back line. I thought he was okay. Uh, but other than that,
2: uh, Ryan, pretty well
0: expected. Oh, ca- Captain Ryan Kiddo dropped from the starting 11. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, Javi Lopez coming in at left back. Halloween started as well. Did Halloween start against Yeah, He did because I called him a scorer and he did. Um but yeah, just uh, I, this game caught me by surprise. Uh, I thought we were we were great. I thought it was all going to turn to shit pretty early when we conceded that Casera's goal. Uh, Caceres, by the way, shows more composure as a as an attacking player and his finishing than half the strikers at Western United in this and MacArthur and in yeah. this league. He's quality footballer. Uh, but yeah, big win. Uh, th- thoughts, I guess? Big win. Didn't think we'd get there, Coop, after that first 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, didn't think we'd get there after the first ten fifteen. I thought, geez, we're probably in for, for potentially what we copped in Adelaide. This could get nasty uh, because it was so easy. They scored so easily, and then uh, Fabio Gomez had such an opportunity to put Sydney oh, two 0 two nil in front. Should have and and obviously he missed. And a majority Donkey. of when you go to a football game <laughs> and you're in a it's stadium, not my golden boot. <laughs> there's ninety percent of people that are like these i was going to say irrational thinkers but potentially they're the rational ones that react in a sense of gomez missed this and they all just laugh they're like oh my god what a fucking idiot how's he missed and and sam and i have these moments at high marsh where i feel like we're (laughs) in the 10 percent. but chris and i had one of these moments in the away bay where i turned around and i looked at him and everyone was laughing and we just looked at each other and went what the fuck are we doing? We're going to lose this game (laughs) 5-0. It's all all well and good that he missed, but he shouldn't have. And the way we turned the ball over and and the way we defended that opportunity was absolutely disgusting. And we were so lucky to not be 2-0 down. We were so bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, after that, credit to them because... United have had games this year. The first victory game in Melbourne comes to mind where we haven't been at it for the first 10 to 15 minutes and then the first half has just been survival. But to not be at it for the first 10 to 15 minutes in this game and then go go into halftime 3-1 up in the end was, was a massive credit to the team and, and what they've been working on and being able to actually turn this around on the park before it's too late.
2: That's the huge stat in this is prior to this game, seven times we had gone behind... And we'd only gained two points from those situations. So for us to be able to finally go behind early and turn a game around, win it massive, like, like huge. I just, everyone I was messaging after the game was just like huge win, like massively understated win this one. Hopefully this is now the galvanizing moment, the turning point. The boys know, even if we start sluggishly, we can actually go out and win a game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh we talk about can we talk about Eren uh sorry not Aaron. Kunda. we'll get to him. Ibasuki's performance. Um yes, gold. Three goals and in particular that the second one. And then he got an assist as well for the for the Aaron Kunda goal. Um this is just what we've been absolutely screaming out for. This is a result of playing
1: in a structure and playing to the strengths of your big number 9. It's yep. worked so well 100. in the last the, the four or five weeks and and with Luca uh Luca coming in and, and doing all the work and his work right, and we spoke about how amazing Luca has been and he's been so good. Uh, but especially in the last two weeks where Ben Halloran, who is potentially a little bit more of a seasoned vet and he's got a little bit more of that that clinical experience, ability and decision-making about him, the Luka Ivanovich has come in and played the role that Luka was playing and provided a few more opportunities for Hiroshi Ibasuki. Uh Ben Halloran, we've been huge on how disappointing he's been at times, but a goal last week and then two assists on the weekend for Hiroshi Basuki as well. Um, their combo up front together worked so well because he just has the smarts about him to, to trust and know that Hero will get himself in the right spots, and that will come for Luca. And that's not saying I don't want to see. I want to see Luca stuck behind Ben, and I don't want to see more of him. I'd love to see them continue to rotate because the more football Luca plays, the more he's going to become that player that can play alongside him and, and be such a great striker for us too. But having that second striker and playing to the strengths of Hiroshi Ibasuki, we're finally doing it, and we, we're getting the just desserts for it. He's scoring
2: his goals. Yeah, that's it. And I think the rotation keeps opposition teams on their toes a little bit as well because if you think you're going to get a Luca and you get a Ben, you get a you know a change of emphasis and a change of kind of footballer that you have to come up against. Whether or not Carl is dictating that to what the opposition is, I'm not so certain upon, but it does definitely give a different dimension. All of these guys we've now seen can serve as hero. And when you play to his strengths, the man scores goals. And like Sammy said, that second goal, the composure... The ability to sell the player in the box and then, you know, able you know, find the finish past the goalkeeper. Is one and is it the best goal you've seen him score? I I, I was so thoroughly yeah, pleased for him so. when he got that. Yeah, I think so.
1: I think close to uh yeah. Hiroshi was fantastic. I mean, we could talk about what he did all day. The header so good. He showed how good he is in the air when we give him good service. This this cross, not to take anything away from Zach Clough, but it's really just a a hoof into the area because he didn't I, have much I left. This too. And I Hiroshi this too. Has, has climbed over his defender and for a, loop, for a looping cross, yeah. he's generated so much power back across Andrew Redmayne. This is a quality header. Yeah.
2: You're talking about XG, that's low XG areas for him to score that goal.
0: Andrew Redmayne, by the way, stinks.
2: Also, his 250th game, which I didn't realize until afterwards, there was only one guy getting celebrated
0: for this on the weekend. He stinks. Um... Halloran, where are we are with Ben Halloran because it's a couple yeah. of good performances in a row now. I guess uh, kind of he, well, he was he was goodish against Macarthur. He got on the score sheet, um, but this I think just his two his two involvements here to assist Ibasuki. I know Ibasuki creates a lot of the second one himself, but just Halloran having the composure there to to play the header to knock it back down when he's running the other way. These are they just to me they are the exact sort of moments that we've absolutely blasted halloween for in the past for having just no football brain or awareness or composure um and he showed it just just a a little bit of it and we know he's got the class in him when he wants to deliver it um and he did on the weekend and he was composed in those moments and he he made the right choice the right footballing choice and we got two goals out of it yeah good fortnight for ben
1: uh long may it continue too because like tom said this rotation if you have three or four guys that can all play up front in form and you can continue to rotate and you can continue to make your opponents guess. Uh, I think Ben Halloran is so important to this side from from that perspective and just his experience. And when he, like you said, he's so frustrating because when he uses it, we get performances out of him like this. But but when he doesn't, he can be the most frustrating player in the league. Um, but like you said, two, two good performances. Obviously this one better, but but good enough against Macarthur as well. And I'm pretty happy with the outlay that he's had up front in this formation.
0: Could have uh, could have also ended up on the score sheet. That one Ibasuki put across, uh, he does the right thing, puts it across, he's lunging in, doesn't quite get there and it falls to Aaron Kunder anyway, who tucks, tucks it away. Um, another guy. I mean, Nest, you, go on. The offside goal? Well, offside goal. It's not offside. <laughs> are you as confused you, as I was during the situation? I'm confused at whether you're trying to make a joke here or what you're... Well, no, you were, you were was confused the during, the,
1: during the situation, Sam. You messaged me about it during the week. Uh, yeah. Saying that you didn't really know what had gone on on TV because I believe it was Harper was saying well, that the flag had been put up but the linesman was, yeah, was running back to halfway. It's not
0: Harper. I can't remember who it was, but I know it's like it comes across, Nestor puts it in, it's in, and then um, the commentator just starts saying, oh, no, the flag is up, but we could literally see the linesman on screen running. Like he didn't have his flag up. We could see him running when the commentator said the flag was up. And it made me think is the commentators not at the ground again, like they're just in a studio and they're, and they've just heard that because Alex King did a real hard blow on the whistle straight away, which is a weird thing to do for just awarding a goal. Mm. Um, And then, we looked over and Iren Kunda looked pissed off. And then all of a sudden, it, and then it looked like Alex King was like yelling at Iren Kunda, telling him to get back over halfway because it was a goal. And then Iren <laughs> Kunda did a flip and uh, we we just celebrated, but it was weird. But um, yeah, great goal. Iren Kunda again, uh, Ibasuki creating it, but Iren Kunda is just um, doing his thing at the moment and getting the, the score involvements pretty well every week.
1: This was his best performance within this shape in that, what yep. is an attacking midfielder role, but he's more wide. And yep. I think this is massively towards Johnny Yell coming back into this lineup. We spoke about how important Johnny Yell had been to this shape and that real, like he is a genuine box to box. It gives you and trust. midfield. his, in the his work them, rate I mean. is just Nestery. What he gives is Nestor can drift wide and yep. trust Johnny Yell to cover both his space centrally and his own space. Yep, um, yep. And, and if we were to bring a uh, Stefan Mork back to the club, um, cool. he is don't get me. Uh, He is another guy that can provide that depth. And I think that's really important to what we're trying to do in this structure, because I don't think Johnny Yole has another 15 straight games of having to play that role. But if you have two guys that can do it and give Nestor a license to just stay wide, because the difference between Nestor and Zach is that, Zach is going to come centrally and find the ball, but he's also going to drift wide and he can be mm-hmm. effective both ways. But Nesta, I don't think I've seen an occasion where Nesta has been effective centrally. Nesta must go into that wide position to get at defenders and to be effective. So to have a midfielder on his side that can cover that channel for him is so important.
2: Yeah, that sounds spot on to me. I've, I've seen his best performances here in Quinto when he does start wide. And he may end up centrally from those wide positions, but that as is an aspect of him being able to beat his fullbacks and get in between the lines of the midfielders and the defense. So bang on. I think this formation is really starting to click now and we're getting the best out of a lot of these guys.
0: Um, and that's just encouraging more than anything. So we're 4-1 up, cruising seemingly. Um, and then Joe Lolly gets them back in the game. This goal that made it for... Uh... Two, is this this is a foul, isn't it? Delyanov has been fouled, hasn't he? If mm. if a player is allowed <laughs> to run through the keeper and not like, come on, what are we doing?
2: This is very different to the one I think we talked about in the uh, Europod with the uh, Luton Burnley, in that Delyanov has come to collect the ball, and uh, I think it's is Patrick Wood yep. just loses any kind of sense of direction in which he's moving. And he pile drives him essentially completely wipes him out of the game, gives him no shot whatsoever to collect the ball initially. And then to even get up and save it the second time, given that the ball drops and it finds another player's feet. I, given that they looked at it for so long, I thought they were going to disallow the goal. Yep.
1: Yeah. I thought they were going to disallow it too. When he went to the screen, I I sort of thought, okay, this is, this isn't going to be a goal. Um, I was a little bit on the fence with this one because I think this is similar to, to what we spoke about earlier on the Europod, the incident between Adebayo and Travers where I said that I felt like Adebayo initiated the contact and wasn't trying to play the ball and then, you know, Travers doesn't come into him. But I think Wood and are both trying to play the ball in this scenario and neither of them get the ball. And, and part, to me, a little bit, part of that makes it seem like it's just a 50-50 where both players have missed the ball. And I don't actually necessarily think Patrick Wood's contact on James Delianov has stopped him from being able to react to Joe Lolly's finish.
0: I don't, but I'm not sure it's relevant whether it stopped him saving Lolly, Lolly's finish or not. Like, I get what you're saying. And I, I think I initially thought that. Initially, I thought I'd be pretty ropeable if we had a goal disallowed for this, but then... You know, it, I don't think it's as much the 50-50 and them coming together. It's it's definitely more wood coming in towards Delianov. Like Delianov's not sprinting out at him. Like I don't know. I I just think it's I think it's a foul. He's just gone. He's gone through the keeper's head and knocked on the ball. Like it's come on. It's it's always a good marker. I like what you said. Whether
2: or not you think that, like how upset you would be if that goal was given against you, or if it was disallowed if we had scored it. And I think if we had scored it, I would almost have been expecting him to disallow it. And so that's probably why I sit on the side of it should have been disallowed. You live in that... you live a little bit in tinfoil hat land as well. Yeah, yeah. There's that a lot of conspiracies help. floating around in here.
1: Yeah, I also sort of feel like that comes a little bit from the the perception that keepers are such protective species. So every time that you see an incident where something happens to a goalkeeper, you're just expecting it to be a foul or if it goes to VAR and mm. and there's any form of contact on a goalkeeper, you're just expecting it to be a foul. And this is, I think this is the the handball conversation that I'm sure we'll get to later. This is that all over again is that whether we think it actually is or it isn't, we've seen it given so many times now yeah, that we're just issue. at a point that we assume that it should be given.
0: Um, So four three, it ends. Uh, Lolly eventually gets another one, and we're kind of left shitting our pants a bit for a few minutes as they pump balls in at us. Uh, we dealt with them well enough. Uh, the guys that came on, I guess, just had a pretty a pretty tough job in the end of just kind of trying to see the game out and, and do what they had to to keep the ball up the other end or keep it away from goal. Uh, and they did it. We got the three points. Um,
2: Any particular notes on Austin Ayubi?
0: Uh, no, I got a few minutes, you know, was out there. Yeah. Glad glad for him to to get a
1: debut uh i do actually having watched a lot of Austin with Metro stars and the NPL in the season just gone, I do actually think he is up to the, to the A-League level. And I think it's a really good signing cool. by this club. I think cool. it's a really poor substitution from Colvier to bring a kid on <laughs> for know. his A-League debut with five minutes to go in a situation where you're trying to hold onto a lead and you're getting absolutely <laughs> murdered. What a baptism by fire. It's so unnecessary. Hissing down too. <laughs> just, just yeah. so unnecessary. Just Under the, the whole pump. game.
0: Under the pump. <laughs> Ben
1: Ben Woolens unused on the bench. If we're trying to hold on to a game, you're not bringing your set of halves no, on.
2: That, wanna, that, was a, that was a decent decision, I think.
0: I want to shift this a little bit because I want to talk uh, more more broadly about some of the other teams and where Adelaide kind of sits in the league amongst that. Um, I feel like Unite rounds is just a good opportunity to do that. We don't really talk about the other teams a whole lot unless we play them on this pod. But... This Sydney side, obviously they pumped us the first time. I think their results this year have been pretty poor. They've got a few guns in this team, but overall, looking at their lineup, is this even is this even a decent team? It's a good question. They've got the individual talent, like you said. Um in places. In places, yeah. It is not the you, complete I, picture. I'm looking at this back line, for example, of Zach De Jesus, uh, Jake Gordon Reich, Gabriel, uh, Ryan Grant is, I think. Past it. Rinsed. Yeah. Luke Bratton done. is, on his day, Another is, still, one? is still a fairly handy footballer, but is maybe getting on. Uh, but Corey, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't sign him, hey? Like, Corey Holman, Kucharski, you know. Kucharski I don't know. might be okay. But and then yeah. their bench, their bench is worse than our bench, wasn't it? Uh, Courtney Perkins, Max <laughs> Burgess, Patrick Wood, Mitchell Glasson, like, you know. Amanatidis doesn't come on either, funnily enough.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a mismatch team in general. Um, they've got their injuries too, though they've got their problems. the The spine of this team is so much better when Jack Rodwell is fit and playing center sure. half. Uh, so
2: so much better.
0: Um, this is Sydney, though. I Don't get excuses
2: like that for them. <laughs> they used to have a list of sixteen back when we had five subs that you would fear, no matter who was on the pitch.
1: Yeah, it's it's weaker than Sydney teams that we've seen in the past. I I, I think they're. They're better than some of the teams that are above them. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that they're uh, going to give you... Would I be surprised if they snuck into finals? No, probably not. Are they going to? Eh, who knows? It's the A-League. They're only technically three points out of the top six still because of the way that this competition works. Yeah. Um. So no, I wouldn't be surprised, but but I wouldn't be scared to play them in a final. They're not a team that I fear no. as much as I thought I would.
0: No. yeah we could for the same reasons we caveat the Central Coast and Melbourne City games in round one and two I think we can apply the same to the loss it's only fair we apply the same to that loss to Sydney that we had at home with just a really bad day when they were just on um and we can see that just happens in this league sometimes um I don't know uh looking at the rest of the league here so there were some other some some cracking games some not so much the MacArthur Western United game had six Pretty goals good. and Entertaining from the sense that there was goals in it, but I thought two very ordinary teams. Um, the game literally just carried by Davila on one side and Daniel Pena on the other. Uh, Davila, I'm happy to put with Mashash as the two clear standout individual players in this league.
1: Yeah, um, I think Daniel Pena, when John Aloisi plays him centrally in his natural position, is on the level of Zizou Mashash and. And Uli DeVere. Um I just think he's in a much worse team. But these two guys <sighs> utterly carried this game. Uh yep. there was there was moments from a couple of other guys. Uh for a good 70 minutes of this game, I thought that Killy Adamson that played right back, uh real young guy that played right back for MacArthur was quality in this game. He was really, really good defensively and really good going forward as well. Um but just two really average teams with a couple of, like I said, a couple of really good players. That thank, I reckon I would have been asleep before the kickoff of the of the second game if these two guys weren't out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, sure.
2: it is. It's so funny to see you know the two golden children of the latest expansion be carried by two guys who made their name at other teams in the A League. And it really just adds to the idea that there was no reason for these two teams to be here when all they're going to do is take the best player from Wellington, the best player from the Jets, and be like, here,
0: make them fight. And the rest mm-hmm. of these guys just kick footballs for no reason. Looking at that team, like, Western United are bottom, and Like, oh, I'm not going to – I was going to – on the weekend, I was lumping Garucho into this saying there's a reason they're bottom. Like, if you got – but garucho is not that bad. Uh, but Jacob Tratt is at centre-back. And it's like <laughs> – it's like, come on! Like, if this guy's in your starting eleven, like, there's a reason he's at somewhere at a club that's bottom. Like, there you know, is Tom he, like, Tom Hewitt bad. Bell,
1: Tom Hewitt Bell, Ben Garuccio, Tamaki Imai, and Daniel Pena are the only four players in this team that I would consider having anywhere near our squad. Not just our starting mm-hmm. eleven, our squad. And no, is, those, to me, those I four. Call, are sorry, can up I just hold you?
0: At Garuccio, is it because? our situation with left-back has been no, so I, dire I, I with kiddo, I don't or, think so. Or do you think he's genuinely I think Ben Garugio, okay.
1: in his time at Adelaide, copped a lot of unwarranted hate. I don't think he was anywhere near as bad as I think people he was thought warranted. he was. I don't think mm. he was anywhere near as bad as people thought oh, he was. In I think comparison he's... to other full-backs that we've had in the 20 years of this club, not that bad. And he's been good for, for Western United in his
0: time there. I think he's gotten better got a good as a list. footballer with the ball, but he was yeah. at Adelaide, he was so ordinary with the ball. Like I think we've got a good list of fullbacks when you think about it.
2: And so that's probably why because who did he come in and replace the uh we, the Casio Jamison, Galloway? Galloway era. Yeah.
0: No. Um Ooh, really yeah, good football. That's those teams. I don't know if you want to talk about Melbourne City, West Sydney at all. Uh the game looked okay. I was it was an entertaining enough watch despite only the one goal. Um but these two teams, where are we where are we looking at Western Sydney third, Melbourne City are they're just behind us. Same amount of points. Uh, we sorry, don't check goal difference. Check the wins. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know what do we think of Melbourne City and West Sydney right now. Are these Western Sydney, I think, at their best are uh, really challenging for the seat. And I'd say Melbourne City probably are too, and they're sixth right now.
1: I I watched this game on the weekend thinking. I don't think we've given enough credit to how good Western Sydney actually set up, how well they're structured, yeah. and when they their imports Milanovic is so good to watch. He is excellent. Uh Antonson, you can tell, is as a striker, he's Buzz. a level above this league. Yeah. And and they've got <laughs> options in terms of Dylan Pierreis and, and Alex Padotto that, that can come in and can, and can do jobs. They've got, you know, rotations. They're using Valentino Yule a lot. Uh Marcus Eunice, the young winger, too. They're a good team, and and they're set up so well at the back. With uh, Marcelo is so good, whether you love or hate him, he's probably he's the, good. He's definitely the best centre back. Fi- he's good.
2: Um, well, maybe I haven't thought about it that much. But maybe I definitely don't like him as a player.
1: <laughs> yeah, ever
2: since he put Nestor in a headlock, there's been
1: there hasn't been much <laughs> love there. But but the guy's a great footballer. Um, Melbourne City just they at times they give me the vibe that they don't quite have it together enough to to break down the teams that are
0: defensively structured well. Um, is it is it do you think with City at the moment, I think like because they've obviously got like those guys who are in the middle there, like Ugarkovich we know, but Saki, Arslan, Lapane, Natel, like, like that, is it just a case that it's too many new guys at once? Yeah. I think I think that's what it is. And it's gonna take
1: time to gel. Um Hamsasaki came to Melbourne City. Uh he's been quite good, but obviously a new player and he was only on on loan. Uh scored his first goal, he started to gel, he's playing good football and Melbourne City did what they did and somehow an A-League club has put a uh loan with an option to buy in a contract with a team in France. That's a club that the only club in the entire league that would be able to do that. And during the week have enforced that option to buy and made Hamza Saki a permanent Melbourne city player. So I think that they can see that this squad is bits of quality that are going Uh, to start to come together and they're going to do what they can to keep them, which is something that
0: a lot of A-League
1: clubs can't do.
0: If there's any league in the world to do it in, it's the A-League where you don't necessarily need to win it. You can just time your run, let everyone gel you can still make the top half of the table, play finals, and if you're on, then all of a sudden you find your way into a grand final and potentially winning a championship again. Yeah, also,
1: United. Yeah, also very much from the not very much an A-League perspective, but with a Melbourne City perspective, is they're the only team in this competition powerful enough to go, you know what, you're right, we might get a bit lucky and we might do what Sam's just said and time our run and pinch a seat, but if we don't, Come the start of next season, we're going to have the best team in this competition yep. because we're powerful enough to keep all six of these guys in our front third, yep. yeah. whereas every other A-League club goes, shit, our team's good. We've got to win it this year. Otherwise, we're going to lose four or five oh, of yeah. them. And we're going to have to start all over again.
0: The yep. A-League has – think- sorry, I was just going to say, the A-League has like notoriously high turnover as well. Oh, yeah. Players. Oh, yeah.
2: I was going to say, on that, do you think that's why they've kind of reverted from – the maturation of, like, academy and youth players because they lost, I mean, Geordie Boss and Metcalf and, you know, Attilio over the years, all these guys that they have nurtured and put time and money into, they've all gone to further their careers overseas. So now they may be thinking, okay, if we can get four or five quality foreigners in around McLaren, around Ijarkovic, around Curtis Good, that should be enough to see us through.
0: Yeah, potentially, yeah, I think so. Um. Central Coast Melbourne victory. I don't know if we want to talk about either of these. I feel like we've done Melbourne to death a bit recently. I know they're missing Bruno right now. Um, they had a one or draw with Central Coast. Do, you, do either of you guys want to you guys want to mention either of these two teams at all at the moment? Do you think Do you think the Mariners are going to come good or there are top I, six chance though? I think ah uh, they are, but I think Tulio is just a big, it's a big miss, big loss, yeah, I, uh... huge miss
2: the only note
1: I had of this game is that I thought it was going to be the best game in the entire weekend and it
0: probably ended up being the worst. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Um, Well, let's talk about these, the teams that played Sunday, I guess two, two, oh, it's easy to say cracking games. It depends how you're looking at it. Goals are always fun. It's always exciting when there's lots of goals, like in the same way that West United and MacArthur was good because there was lots of goals. Uh, that doesn't mean if there's no goals, it can't be exciting, but, uh, the quality the quality in some of these teams, if we put it in an Adelaide context, I'm looking at I watched both of these games on two screens last night. Perth in particular. Now we sit what we're fifth on the table Cooper, you sent us a message today talking about <laughs> saying that you take a lot of comfort about us being fifth and we haven't played Perth yet once. Yeah. Uh, and they I watched them yesterday, and I've i have seen them play for a few weeks. They were unlucky against Melbourne last week, but I still think they're average. This is not a good team. They're very bad. And you watch them play. They don't know what to do with the ball. They can't go forward. They don't have enough quality. They end up passing back, which means they end up going all the way back till they're under pressure, and then they kick it long. And if they get it back, they're going to do the same thing again and again and again. <laughs> they're finding ways to get goals purely, I'd say, through um, – Adam Taggart is having an, an excellent season. He's a player I would I've always said I would love to have had at Adelaide, um, but they're shocking, and you know they got guys like Amini who can't get minutes. Like what's what the hell is going on at Perth?
1: Yeah, well, Amini mean, started this game, um, and I thought he was okay. I just I just don't know whether he is just I don't want to say finished, but a little bit past the best quality that he actually can provide for for an A league club starting every single game and, and they just have they have so much uh like depth with with Taggart and and things like that. They have, they have quality players, I think is what I'm trying to say, but there's just so many holes in and around their side. And this is a team that on average has conceded three goals in every game what? that it's played this season. That's that's such an issue. You can score Adam Taggart can score twice a week, but if you're conceding three goals, you're not going to win games, regardless yeah. of what you do, you're not winning.
0: Where is their quality coming from outside of Taggart, though? Like, really? Like, you go 15, like, it's not.
2: But it's thin because of the ownership debacle. They're like, they're not, you know, they're almost, I think they're under a transfer embargo. They've come out, Sadders come out and said that they're not signing anyone in January. And you would look at this side and you think, my God, like you said, there are so many holes. We need to bridge this with quality. And then you look at some of the situations they've got players like Bodnar and Mekhanov who don't get minutes.
0: And so there's, there must be heaps going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'll check in again with you, Cooper on Wellington, because you were pretty vocal about Wellington, not being all that, all that the table has showed them to be. They did grind out a win here. I tend to agree with you. I don't think they're the best team in this competition, but they do have the results as it stands. They've got the points on the board. Um, do you I don't know if you agree with me here, but do you still think they, they do have enough about them to cause trouble late in the season, though, with Barbaroussus on in form, Kryev. Um, we can pretend to ignore him all we like, but David Ball is a decent footballer, so is Alex Rufer. Um, you know, they've they've put together a decent team that's well organized. They seem well coached since they've had um they were well coached under Talley and they seem to have maintained some of that under yeah, Italiano. And Giancarlo Italiano.
1: Yeah, they're not to me, they're a... I don't think they're bad. No, I think they're mm. a bottom a bottom half of the top six side. Yeah. And if we mm-hmm. were to play Wellington in an elimination final, I'd be pretty comfortable with the draw. I, I think that's yeah. where, I, I, where I'm where i at with them. And I, I just think with obviously them being top and the conversation being, you know, a lot of people saying about my thoughts that, hold on, these, these guys are top. Like, you need to give them some more respect for, for what they've done. But mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that that things are going to stay that way for them. They they play Melbourne victory this weekend. It's a huge game for them. The time and, for them and, to and play for, Melbourne. For people to see True. where they're at. But also, again, like you've just said, spot on great time for them to play Melbourne with no Bruno Fortiroli to worry yeah. about. So I just think there's been a little bit of luck that's... Ball of Wellington's way. They were lucky in this yeah. game on the weekend against Perth in a fixture that they shouldn't if they are a finals team, they shouldn't be struggling to win. They were I, I think they were lucky against us to, they were to not have lost. Yeah, they were um, yeah. so they've just to me they've had their moments and then prior to those two results, they've uh, lost three one to Sydney FC, so I just think, especially these last three weeks, there's been a few little cracks in in the Wellington Phoenix, but they've still picked up four points from nine, where perhaps they were a little fortunate to do so.
2: Yeah, yeah. they are. They are one three game run without picking up points of viciously slipping down the table, though.
0: Yeah, they are. I think if it, to devil's advocate again, uh, Dick advocate it, um, famous Dutch footballer. If you if you look at it the Didn't other he manage way, the of, I can't remember lots of people would say like um you know we often talk about a sign of a good team is still being able to get results when they're not playing well um which they have done so you know they're a real still they're still a very uh, like watch and see kind of team with 12 games in and I still don't know what to make of them it. it feels very harsh to talk about the team that still sits top uh with victory in that regard and they've got the most wins so they are top but um But yeah, watch and see with them still, I think. The other one is uh, the other two teams from this weekend, Brisbane and Newcastle. I think both of these teams are pretty ordinary. And Adelaide should be... I'd be disappointed if we dropped points to these sides again this year, home or away.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, pre-season I locked... My lock of the season going against the grain was locking Brisbane to the bottom four. Um, And we actually did say pre-season that even though Tom and I came out and said that we thought Sydney could, could win it all with Lolly and, and Fabio and this side that they've got. We actually mm. said that we think that people have started riding home too hard on Australia cup form. And we now see the Australia cup winner and runner up respectively in eighth and ninth place on, on the A-League ladder. Yeah. So, so I think it stands out like anything that the Australia cup isn't necessarily great A-League for, um, but I just think I still think Sydney are better than Brisbane, and I still think Brisbane are, are going to fall or Newcastle or stay where they are.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Like Brisbane, I can see dropping into that four. Sydney will go ahead of them at some point. Um, yeah, Macarthur I think will stay away from that bottom four. I think Macarthur have okay. enough individual quality there, especially with De Villa. and Germain is 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 pretty he's good calls. still. You know, yeah, he's, he's a calls. he's a league, He's like top five European League footballer. Like he yeah. knows what he's doing. But I yeah, and they Brisbane got a, they got a few would... other pieces too.
2: Yeah, of course, Brisbane. I think we're harshly, maybe more harshly, judging. They did lose Ross. I mean, what two, three weeks ago? Um, they've got this. You know, Ben Khan, who people rate. They said he should have got the Mariners' job. Maybe there's a watch and see situation here. Maybe he can do something, and they might surprise people and finish sixth. But in real, you know, realistically, they should finish bottom four. You would hope they, they seem mostly
0: wanna... a makeup. Sorry, are you, where yeah. you go? I was, I was just, just on... going to say Brisbane are mostly like, they seem like a team of guys that a lot of them weren't good enough at other clubs and so yeah. ended up there. Or you've got the likes of Jack King who's just loyal and still there and I don't think he's is, is kind of just an average A-League footballer. And yeah. the guy that we talk about him heaps on this pod, but the commentators still every week talk up Tom Aldred so much and he just stinks. And why? And He sucks. Yeah. I don't know you for.
1: <laughs> um, I think Jay O'Shea is one of the probably a top ten A League player. And he's, he's good. A little yeah. bit lost in this team. And he he just I think with the difference between O'Shea and players like Pena and DeVere is the position that he plays. There just isn't enough opportunity for him to put this team on his back like those two can because he's not gonna he's not gonna go forward and, and score a hat trick or, or a brace like DeVere and Pena did on the weekend. He needs other guys in front of him like Millie Uznich and, and like I said, those guys that didn't quite cuddle at other A-League clubs to to provide those goals, um, I just wanted to note on behalf of Tom that Joe Colletti got his first score involvement of the season on the weekend.
2: My boy, a nugget. I've got I've got such a hard on for like really limited Whoa. ability, single task for uh, central midfielders. What's just, what is I really what's his task? Uh, to
0: nugget around, just he, get in there and be a nuisance. Does he do it well? Uh, he does that's, that aspect so of his game well. That's what you want from a from a professional midfielder, a midfield, the key area of the pitch. You want a guy that can't play football in the middle. Runs get around. It, really want. And and it's not like he runs. Best, it's not lad. like it's not like he's doing the Kante thing where he breaks up play. He's just literally is just running around. He's just exists. He, he's out there. Very. He very occasionally inadvertently
2: gets in the way of the ball. Yeah, I like. I very want good. five central midfielders that do one thing really well.
0: The last one is Newcastle. Obviously, they lost this game 3-2 to Brisbane after the late penalty. Newcastle were kind of in control of it for a lot of it and somehow let it slip. And uh, I don't know. We won't go into the penalty, the handball stuff. We don't have time because there was a few this weekend. But regardless of the refereeing situation there, for Newcastle letting this game slide and letting Brisbane haul the momentum back, this this is not a good team. You look at it on paper and it's like Buhaja starts games. It's it, That's rough
2: definitely and you got Stamo, who couldn't really make it at Adelaide who is scoring goals now but at the same time you can rely on him for one per game but no one's really backing him up. Uh, Grozos, I think is a good footballer but again doesn't show it every week and then you look mm. beyond
0: that and it is offcuts from other sides trying O'Neal, to O'Neill it... best days gone and um you know Piscopo oh, I don't know where I don't know where Rene Piscopo is at he came off the bench on the weekend but I know in the past he's been a pretty excellent footballer but I don't know his... Maybe his best day is done as well. I don't, yeah, I don't I had, know. I don't even returned, know how old he is.
1: Returned from injury last week for the first time. Go.
2: So just getting back into the side. That's Doesn't
0: why you Does it really here, man. fit
2: into this in formation, though, for the Jets? Like, i much prefer to see him really wide in a front three, but I don't. I just, they're, just, they're just an interesting side, Newcastle, the way they're set up and what they try and play.
0: Yeah, they yeah. just stink. They're just bad. All right. Um, yeah, I'd be disappointed if we dropped any points this year again to... To a to a Newcastle or a Brisbane, uh, we've still got to play Perth a few times. So Well this is this is what I wanted yeah. to run at you really quick. Our yeah, last seven
2: games. Okay. So we've got the Jets, we've got Western United, we've got Perth, MacArthur, Mariners, Brisbane, and then the postponed Wu game that we're supposed to play next week. Yeah. So from what you've said now, there should be five wins in that last seven without a shadow of a doubt.
1: Yeah, spot on. So essentially I what's so. going to happen is we're going to peak
0: running into finals again and just get <laughs> battered in the first two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, as usual, we'll finish with maybe some predictions. I don't know if we'll get in a red edition next week because there is no game now for Adelaide until the 25th, the Thursday uh, the Thursday night game with Melbourne City away we got a bit of time to prep for it. Uh maybe, maybe get get everyone's fitness up to full full strength, I guess. Um, what are we expecting out of this trip to Melbourne in, in a week and a half? Uh a win? Yeah, give me a two-one win. A two-one win. Okay. I
2: reckon me, we win. Yeah. I, we'll I do. Win? I, we've got a funny hoodoo over this club. And if they're gonna know. lose uh, if they lose their next fixture against the Mariners, they are under a lot of pressure, um, and it's a really a vid mark. I Just uh, come on, we should win this game.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, they've got some players that scare the hell out of me, but uh, they're not. They're not quite stringing it together yet. I think there's definitely there's definitely a chance there for us to get right at them in this one. We did kill them at home, like absolutely oh. killed them. So on that note, I am predicting was- Adelaide wins nine two. Next Thursday night, Nestor scores five. Uh, no, <laughs> Nestor scores eight and gets an assist, an assist for Johnny. Yo. All right, no, for Stefan Morg. Uh, yeah, it was he was done apparently. He's <laughs> what's, what's going on with that? What's going on with Steph Morg? We heard it was oh, done. Yeah, we told us it was done.
1: Yeah, a lot of communication that the deal had been done. Uh, we're just, I guess, doing that Adelaide United thing now where we'll probably wait until after his debut to get the official confirmation of the signing. <laughs> oh, probably shots. just I reckon one night he'll
0: probably just be in the lineup. Yeah, maybe. Transparency. <laughs> that's the key to Adelaide United. All right. Thanks, guys. Excellent week. Um, we love Adelaide winning perks us up a bit if you've gotten through this if you go back in your feed one there'll be a green logo there and you can listen to us talk about the socceroos win over the mighty powerhouse of football that is india Uh, in the asian cup we talked a little bit about japan's win over vietnam as well and the premier league fixtures that were on over the weekend so go check that out go check out the social media tell your mates go football go the reds go unite rounds go unite
2: rounds